The Little Old Haven Mysteries Episode 1 Ghost in the B&B Felicity Burgess would never forget the time that she first met Chris Burke. She had a feeling that she'd later relate to her psychiatrist that that was around the time when she started going mad. That morning she was blissfully unaware of what was to come. Her mother was sitting at a table covered with a silk cloth, listening intently to a customer. Felicity stopped halfway down the stairs. This sort of stuff was always good for a laugh. Was the weirdest dream ever, the woman was saying, waving her hands around wildly. I got to the church, and Aunt and Deck were arguing about who was going to give me away, and then they both walked me up the aisle, and my Larry turned round and... and... and he was a skeleton! Felicity clamped a hand over her mouth to stop herself laughing. She saw a perplexed expression cross her mother's face, and she just knew what was going through her mind. That sounds ominous, especially the part about Aunt and Deck. Not that Felicity was psychic or anything. That would be ridiculous. Her mother clasped her hands together. Oh, now don't you worry, she said in a voice that she probably thought sounded ethereal. This is not necessarily a bad dream to have. I am almost certain that this was a dream of contrary meaning. She glanced away to the side. The spirits agree. Really? the woman said. So my wedding won't be a disaster? Of course not. I'm sure it will be lovely. Oh, thank you, Rosanna. I don't know what I'd do without you. As the woman left the shop, Felicity crept up behind her mother. You were lying, weren't you? Not necessarily, her mother said, waving her hands and losing a shawl. That woman's wedding will be a disaster and you know it. Her mother gave a light, airy laugh. Whatever makes you say that, dear? She wouldn't pay you if you told her it would all go wrong. Felicity caught a panicked expression past her mother's face for a second. Then she recovered and shook her head. Nonsense, she said, brushing back a piece of her brittle flyaway hair. Ah yes, I have just remembered. I have a quest for you. A quest? Felicity asked suspiciously. Yes, you do know my good friends Brian and Sophie. It is their anniversary tomorrow, and they would like to go out to celebrate. They asked me if I could possibly get you to take care of something of theirs. Oh, aren't they the ones with the guest house? Felicity asked. Wow, they want me to look after it. Yes, but that is not all. They are good friends of mine, so they know they can rely on you to look after their daughter. Felicity's mouth dropped open. Babysitting, she said. You want me to do babysitting? Not exactly, her mother said, untangling a couple of her beaded necklaces from each other. Krista is only a year or two younger than you. Great, so I get stuck with some bratty kid just because your friends want to go out. Felicity said, folding her arms. Why don't you do it? Oh, that wouldn't be possible, I'm afraid. You see, I have promised a group of wonderful people that I would do a seance for them tomorrow night. I might have known you'd have some spooky excuse like that. A seance is very important, young lady. It is not the sort of thing to be taken lightly, her mother said, shaking a finger at her. The Burks are very nice people. I am sure they will pay you handsomely for your work. They better said Felicity. She stormed back off upstairs before realising that she had come down to go to school and stormed back down again. By the time the next day came, Felicity had reasoned that the Burke's daughter couldn't be that bad. This job would be a piece of cake. 
When she got to the guest house, the Burks were walking to their car. Oh, Felicity, there you are, Mrs. Burke said. I was beginning to worry you weren't coming. Felicity tried not to scowl. She was only five minutes late, which was practically early by most people's standards. Now you'll be alright looking after Krista, won't you? Felicity nodded dutifully. Well, I've left our number near the phone in the office, so call us if you have any trouble. The guest house virtually runs itself. Just make sure you lock all the doors at ten o'clock, and call the police if you have any trouble with guests. But I'm sure you won't. Okay, Felicity said. Have a good time, she added, because her mother had told her to say that. Just before getting into the car, Mr. Burke leant down to whisper in Felicity's ear. He told her, I've stashed some sweets in the kitchen. Let Chris have some, and she'll do as she's told. Oh, okay, Felicity said, not really getting the logic of that. She walked across the small car park to the main entrance as the car pulled away. The guest house was quite large, with three storeys and probably a dozen or so rooms. A little girl was sitting on the steps, swinging her legs. She was wearing shorts and a t-shirt, and hair so messy that it looked like it had been backcombed. Hi, I'm Chris, she said with a bright smile. You're Felicity, right? Felicity nodded. Chris didn't look like much trouble. Come in, I'll show you around, Chris said, getting up and running up the steps. Felicity followed her through the doors and into an entrance hall, where the reception desk stood currently unattended. The stairs in the downstairs loo were over there, Chris told her, waving to a pair of doors on the left. And the lounge is that way, another set of double doors, this time on the right. The office is that way, there's just boring account stuff in there. That's like maths, but a million times worse. Oh, and the kitchen. She leapt over the desk and pushed the door open. The chef's just gone, so we'll have to order a takeaway for tea. You have a chef? Well, it's just my mum, Chris admitted. And you're not just pretending that you've had no tea, are you? Felicity asked accusingly. Uh-uh, Chris said, shaking her head. I'm starving, can't you see? She poked her belly. I'm all skin and bones. My mum and dad will go mad if you let me starve to death. All right, order takeaway then. Yay, Chris said, jumping up and down. She picked up the phone, but instead of dialing, she tapped a tune on the reception desk with it. Are you a witch like your mum? Do I look like a witch to you? Chris looked her up and down appraisingly. Well, you do have long black hair. Felicity shook her head. My mum's not a witch anyway. She's just a fraud. Magic and all that stuff is a load of rubbish. Chris gasped and dropped the phone receiver. You don't believe in magic? She said. No, said Felicity. Vampires? Felicity shook her head. Zombies? You're kidding, right? What about aliens? Everyone believes in aliens. Nope. Well, you better believe in ghosts, said Chris, because we've got one. She opened a large hardback book that was on the reception desk. We have nine guests and one ghost. Felicity laughed. I'm not falling for that one, she said. No, I'm serious, Chris insisted. Every night for the last five days, I've heard this weird noise outside my room, like a ghost walking around. Ghosts don't walk, they drift, Felicity told her. She had had a lifetime's involuntary education in the occult. Not all of them do. Some of them walk around like normal, like ours. Wait, I thought you didn't believe in ghosts. I don't, and it's not a matter of believing. 
they don't exist. You can believe all you want in pixies and magical elves, but that won't make them real. You can make fairies exist by believing in them, Chris pointed out. Okay, I have to stop you there. Fairies definitely don't exist. I mean, ghosts don't exist, but fairies don't exist even more. Chris pouted. You're no fun. Yes, I am, Felicity protested. I'm tons of fun. I'll show you. Do you have a kitchen table? Yep, said Chris. Lead the way, the older girl said. I know some great games. Felicity walked around the reception desk and followed Chris into the kitchen. The younger girl sat down and leant her chin on her hands. Well, she said, what games do you know? I'm really good at hide and seek. Felicity took out a pack of cards from her coat pocket and put them on the table. Oh, are we going to play poker for money? Chris asked. My dad used to do that before my mum found out that he wasn't taking night classes in Spanish. Felicity took the cards out of the pack and groaned. Oh, mother, she said. What is it? Chris said. She leaned over the table to see. Oh, spooky. Oh, I wish my mum wouldn't keep mixing up the playing cards with the tarot cards, Felicity complained. She remembered a time when it was so dark that her mother was trying to do a reading for someone with playing cards. She only realised when a customer chose the first card, which turned out to be the instructions for playing patience. Chris clapped her hands together. Will you read my future? she asked. Uh, might as well. Not that it actually works, Felicity said. What do you want to know? Hmm, said Chris. Oh, I know. What am I going to have for tea tomorrow? Felicity let out an exasperated sigh. Is it going to be something good? Or is it going to be that horrible stew stuff that my mum says is really good for you? I hope it's pie. Tarot cards don't work like that, Felicity said. But they answer questions about the future, right? Tomorrow's tea is the future. Chris reasoned. All right, all right, Felicity said, sighing again. She half-heartedly shuffled the cards, then passed them to Chris. Now you shuffle them and think deeply about your question. Chris took the cards and shuffled them, screwing up her eyes in concentration. Felicity could hear her whispering things like, Tomorrow's tea and will it be pie? Felicity took the cards back and spread them across the table. She reasoned that it was kind of pointless doing a spread. You didn't need to know the past and future influences for a meal. Okay, pick a card. Anyone? Chris asked. Felicity nodded. Chris closed her eyes and picked a card. She turned it over and opened her eyes. The Wheel of Fortune, she said. Oh, just like the game show. What's it mean? Only time will tell. The matter is out of your hands, Felicity told her. Chris pulled a face. It's going to be stew, isn't it? The cards have spoken, Felicity said sarcastically. It's down to fate, if you believe in all that stuff. Oh well, at least I didn't get the death card, said Chris. People always get that one when they do it on TV. If you got that, it'd mean you were going to have an unexpected tea. But of course, that's all a load of rubbish. She scooped up the cards and jammed them back into the wrong box. They ordered pizza and curry for tea from Little Old Haven's premier all-nationality takeaway, after which Chris admitted that she had already had tea. Afterwards, Chris plonked herself down in front of the TV and waited for her show to start. What are we watching again? Felicity asked. It's the intrepid adventures of the female man, Chris told her gleefully. The female man? Felicity said. Yep, said Chris. Have you never heard of it? No, what the heck is it about? It's about a woman 
who fights evil in men's clothes. It's really awesome. Felicity looked at her critically. Are you sure you're not just making this up? She said. It's great, isn't it? The real fun didn't start until the show did. It was all Chris promised and more. How the heck did this ever get licensed? She wondered aloud. About five years ago in a TV studio in London, a producer was reviewing a script written by one of the so-called top screenwriters in the country. Dear sweet lordy Tony, you have used every cliché in the book, the producer said, shaking the script at the writer. It's the best I could do, the writer said, looking harassed and malnourished. You know I've been under a lot of stress lately, what with all my gambling debts and credit card repayments. Not to mention the four ex-wives who all want money for the kids. Yes, I am aware of uh, all of that. I want to give you another chance, I really do. But you are just not helping yourself. This is dreadful. I could never get this past the censors. The good British public simply wouldn't stand for it, the producer said, throwing the script down on the desk. But you gotta understand, I need you to accept this. I'm not going to be able to eat this week if you don't. The producer frowned and scratched his chin. Well, we can't have this now, can we? What can we do? Do you have anything else at all? A pained expression crossed Tony's face. He pulled out a dog-eared notebook and flipped through it. Well, it's a long shot. Go on. What about a new superhero show? About a woman? who has super strength and can fly, and dresses up as a man, to fight crime. I'll call it, hmm, the amazing, no, the intrepid adventures of the female man, the writer said, grinning like an idiot. Then his smile faded when he saw the look on the producer's face. Then the producer suddenly shouted, brilliant, and held up both thumbs. Really? The producer sighed. No, I'm afraid I was being sarcastic, Tony, he said. But we do need something to fill the gap in the schedule. We don't have to do the cross-dressing bit. No, I'm afraid that is the only merit to the idea. The men at the top have kicked up a real fuss about this diversity, my larky, lately. I was becoming concerned that we would be forced to find a lady for the writing team. There's no wrong with that, as long as it weren't one of my ex-wives. Tony Beardsley never worked again, at least not under that name, although the intrepid adventures of the female man did gain a cult following. Right, time for bed, Felicity said, as the ending credits rolled. Aw, but I wanted to watch Celebrity Survivor Cannibalism, Chris moaned. They choose the first victim this week. I don't know what channel you're watching, but it ought to be locked out. Or better still, the people in charge should be locked up. But it's only nine o'clock, Chris said. Nine o'clock's late enough for you, Felicity said. She hadn't been allowed to stay up that late at Chris's age. Or do you want the ghost to get you? Chris jumped up. I'm going, she said. Can you hear it? Chris asked. Felicity had managed to get her to go to bed, but she was sitting up with the duvet pulled up to her chin, listening out for noises. No, now go to sleep, Felicity said. She was sitting on the spare bed in Chrissy's room. She was reading a book with the words Magica Mystique, a novel, on the cover, which she'd borrowed from Chrissy's bookshelf. She turned the page and said, Ah, as if that would ever happen. Chris squealed. 
There it was again! It's probably just one of the guests. They are allowed out until 10 o'clock, Felicity said. Yeah, I know, but... Chris trailed off. I just know it's the ghost. Why? Does it wear a particularly recognisable pair of shoes? Felicity asked, mockingly. But can't you sense it? Chris asked. You do come from a magical family. Felicity laughed. Yeah, right, she said. My mum's a fortune-telling fraud, and my dad's off on tour playing with a rock and roll band. Oh, wow, cool. What band is he in? Are they famous? Chris asked, momentarily forgetting about the ghost. Uh, they're called Tigris Signal Supernova, whatever that's supposed to mean. And no, they're not famous, and they never will be, unless they ever hold a worst band in the world competition. Thud. Okay, I heard that, Felicity said, a touch of fear in her voice. She lowered her voice to a whisper and added, It sounded like it came from this floor. Chris had dived under the covers. Oh no, the ghost is going to come and get us, she wailed. Thud. Thud. Are you sure there's no guest staying on this floor? Felicity asked, putting the book down. No, Chris said, her voice muffled by the duvet. There's just me and my mum and dad who live up here. Unless any of my friends stay over. You don't suppose anyone is snooping around up here? Felicity whispered. Did any of the guests look suspicious? Not really, came a voice from under the covers. Thud. Well, there was a man with a really big moustache. Felicity picked up the lamp beside her and pulled the plug out of the wall. Thud. Thud. And a lady in a massive fur coat. She wouldn't let me pet it. Thud. 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 I'm not afraid. Come anywhere near us and you're dead. Shh, Chris hissed. It might hear you. There was a pause and then Chris added, and ghosts are already dead. Thud. Thud, thud. Oh no, it heard you, Chris shrieked. Felicity was winding the wire around the lamp. She held it out in front of her and was glad that Chris was hiding because otherwise she would see her shaking. There was a rattle as the doorknob was turned. Chris peeked her head out from under the covers. The door opened. The girl screamed. Felicity saw an old man standing in the doorway. He didn't look like a robber. Neither did he look like a ghost. He was just standing there, with his eyes closed and four towels over one arm. He took a step forward, and Felicity had the horrible feeling that he might be. No, that was just silly. He couldn't possibly be. But the sickly colour of his skin, and the way he was moving about all jerkily like that, suggested that he was. Better safe than sorry, Felicity thought. She stood up, holding the lamp above her head. Arthur! A woman's voice called from down the hall. Felicity froze, the lamp a few inches from the zot. No, the man's head. Arthur, there you are! A worried-looking grey-haired lady came into view. Felicity quickly hid the lamp behind her back. Oh, I am sorry, girls, the woman said, taking hold of the man's shoulders. My husband is terrible for sleepwalking. I locked the door and everything tonight. I have no idea how he could have got out. Chris came out from hiding. We thought he was a ghost, she said. The lady laughed. Oh, I am sorry that he scared you. He's harmless enough, though he does tend to steal towels. Don't worry, I'll put these back for you. She guided her still sleeping husband out of the room. Felicity sat down on the bed and took a few deep breaths. You were scared too, weren't you? 
Chris said. Of course I was, Felicity said. Anyone would be scared if someone was trying to get into their room at night. What were you doing with that lamp? Nothing, Felicity said, suddenly realising it was still in her hands and putting it back on the top of the set of drawers. I was definitely not going to bash his head in. Chris nodded. Right, she said. I believe you. If you believe that, you'll believe anything, Felicity said to herself. And she was right. The rest of the night went by without event. Chris eventually went to sleep, but only after Felicity had dragged her away from looking out for UFOs three times. Felicity thought that it had been an easy enough £50, though she did wake up remembering a weird dream she had about killing zombies. Chrissy's parents came home early in the morning. How was your night home alone? Chrissy's dad asked her. It was awful, Chris said. She was really mean to me. She made me do all her homework and I had to go to bed at seven o'clock. Liar, Felicity said, crossing her arms. Just kidding, Chris said, laughing. It was fun. Oh, except for the ghost. Chrissy's mother tutted. Not this again, she said. Did you see it this time? Her father asked. Chris nodded furiously. But it wasn't a ghost, she said disappointedly. It was just a guest who was sleepwalking. I told you it wasn't a ghost, her mother said. I knew it'd be something like that. Felicity was going to hit him over the head. Felicity clenched her fists. Shut up, she said. I wasn't. I do hope Krista didn't cause you too much trouble, Chrissy's mother said. Oh no, she was no trouble at all, Felicity lied. That's a relief, Mrs Burke said. If we ever need a babysitter again, we'll be sure to call on you. Thanks, Felicity said, forcing a smile. That was all she needed. More looking after a silly little girl obsessed with the supernatural. Oh well, she dug her own grave. The Little Old Haven Mysteries is written and narrated by Rebecca Finch. Sound design by Matthew Duddington and music by Peter Finch. <laughs> <laughs>